0: F-E-R.
1: Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Haidt in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic, and
0: number one.
1: 71 and raining?
2: I'm gonna look for you right now, because I don't know what the current. It's not currently raining, but it's wet. Put it that
1: way. You know, with the exception of Mickelson's hijinks on Saturday, I, it was a pretty. I thought
2: it was a dull uh, USO. Uh, yes. What is your theory on those guys mentally? Being over par—that plays a mental game with them, doesn't it? No, you don't think so. That doesn't—I
1: don't think so—because
2: they already go into it knowing that it's going to be a more difficult course, and they don't care under. what they
1: shoot if they're going to win two million bucks. Oh, I know I
2: wouldn't. We were talking about that if that would because they're such experts and professionals. You'd think that if you were—I think what they—I Park... think
1: what happened is, I think enough complaints were registered by the close of play Saturday that they stood out there all night with fire hoses. Well, look at Tommy Fleetwood shot a 63, so it was doable. Right. They did something. They they had to stand out there with fire hoses. I'm not kidding. I think they did. And soaked the greens.
2: Well, like you said last week, it was like putting on a uh, a a mirror. You
1: know, if Mickelson uh who now has famously or infamously run after a moving ball and swatted it. Mm -hmm. Uh, If he had done that, no, I'm going to draw a fine line here. In in a way, I can see where doing that would give you a competitive advantage, in which case a a purposeful violation of a rule to gain a competitive uh, advantage would have earned you a disqualification. They deemed it not to have been that case. And so they did not disqualify him, and they just assigned the penalty, which is two strokes. But let's say you're putting, and the greens are just—they're just fried. Okay. And you you roll a five-foot— so Highland. Yeah, <laughs> you roll a five-foot putt 25 feet past. Okay. All right? Yeah. What if you ran down there and swatted it back to get it closer to the hole and take the two strokes— Betting, so that would be now a, uh, okay, putt number one goes 25 feet past. Yep. And you run after it and stop it and hit it back towards the hole. You've now hit it twice. Yep. But you have to add the two strokes for swiping, swiping at a moving ball. Yep. So in essence, now you've four-putted, right? Yeah. But let's say what you swiped it back to within six inches of the cup and you down it, you've putted, you, you got a five, you, got, you putted five times which might have been better, in your mind, as the putter, than than keep sending it back and forth across the
2: green. Because you can't find that fine line to keep it up there. Right. So, again, I... But at that point, you're saying they could look at you and say, uh, you're disqualified because you did that on purpose. Right. To gain an advantage.
1: Right. But they looked at Mickelson, and I think they said, you basically went nuts. So <laughs> right. you get the two-stroke penalty. Ugh. I don't know what would have, uh, now that I've constructed that, that scenario, it's, it's plausible that they could have argued that you did that to give yourself a competitive advantage. But, but I think we understood the nature of his behavior on the very next hole when he putted outrageously beyond the hole. Using the bank bank of the green to bring it back to the hole. No one would have done that except except someone as skilled and as frustrated as Mickelson. Mm-hmm. In other words, he sent it way past the hole right. and ended up with a par putt and got it. But it, he did it in a in a an extraordinarily obscure way of doing it, or, or a different way, or whatever. Where's the director of social media?
2: I believe he's uh, recording an interview for the ride, but we'll be here. Uh... Will be amongst us shortly. I think you've got the full complement of staff today. Yeah, Mr. Heights back.
1: Yep. He went to see Steely Dan Friday. I forgot to ask him about that. Steely Dan and the Doobie Bros. He thought it was great.
2: Oh, good. Because that, uh, you know, those guys aren't getting any younger. Mm -mm. But if if you've got your money's worth because they played long, then uh, good for him. I'm kind of jealous that I didn't get to go see that. It would have been a fun one to go see.
1: What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a rule of interpretation from the offside correspondent, the chief offside correspondent. Who's well-versed in golf? He knows his golf. Uh, You can declare a a ball unplayable at any point. Then you play the shot from the same spot again. You will almost always do better than five-pot, and you'd have a one-shot penalty for unplayable declaration.
2: But you would be seen as a, I mean, if Mickelson says, hey, this is an unplayable ball, um, he gets to go back from the.
1: Well, where Mickelson Mickelson also faltered is he said, well, I knew that rule. I've I've been thinking about doing this a few other times. At number 15 in Augusta, I've thought about doing it. I don't think if you knew the rule, you'd take the one-shot penalty for an unplayable lie. Right. So I think he got away with it. I think he got away without being disqualified. Well, and here's the other kind of irony. He disqualified himself, though, didn't he? Here's the other irony. Had he buckled down uh, and got into the house Saturday at, say, plus eight, right? Yep. Hell, he could have been in it yesterday. Again, Fleetwood shoots a 63. Mickelson could have been in it. Yeah. Trying yeah, to capture the only major he's never won. He's he would have played a lot different with those fat, juicy greens. I don't know, uh, of course, by the time the members to return to play there, I'm sure it'll be lush and slower and green and, and what have you. But uh, the USGA loves, loves to see it excruciating. Is it too much? I think Saturday it got too much. Zach Johnson was interviewed by a, a BBC reporter. Okay. And she said, do you think, uh, do you think the course has crossed the edge? Or is it close to crossing the edge of being unplayable? And he said, oh, no, no, he said, no, we crossed the edge. Hmm. The course is gone, he said. <laughs> it's gone. And that's why I know for a fact I saw some video of it. They were out there hosing it down Saturday yeah. night. They realized, you know, you, we we can't be this ridiculous.
2: Right. Yeah. Still a fun game. Pardon? It's still a fun game. Still a fun game to watch. I can't
1: wait till next year because it'll be on in prime time. They'll be at Pebble Beach, so Hell TV will still be going at nine o'clock at night.
2: Huh? One <laughs> of life's simple. One of life's simple. It, it really is.
1: See, I I hate to mention uh, Kathy Griffin. I, I I find her a, a very disagreeable uh, woman, uh, and and not worthy of mention. And she has this uncanny way of getting herself uh, in the news. And usually for uncharitable reasons, and this is no exception. She was, she, uh, and I don't want to bring her up, but I have to because she's offering proof uh, that to be a member of the progressive left club, you can't have uh, you can't have differing thoughts. Well, it's it's to this point. She was taking on Melania Trump uh, on Twitter, uh, hoping she would get to her husband uh, to stop. Uh, what uh, Kathy Griffin believes to be the separation of immigrant children from their parents at the border.
2: Very hot topic right now. Right.
1: So she goes, bleep you, Melania, Griffin tweeted. You know damn well your husband can end this immediately. You feckless, complicit piece of bleep. Okay, here's why I bring this up. She couldn't even come up with her own word.
2: Yeah, Feckless she's, uh, was the
1: Samantha B word.
2: Right, she's really... She can't
1: even come up with her own word. Gotta be a little more creative than that. Either that or the club members have now decided that feckless has to be used in each tweet condemning the current administration.
2: <laughs> that's the new, that's the new M.O. God,
1: she's a dreadful... Uh, she's making herself look really silly. Really silly. No, she's not making herself look silly. She's making herself look inhuman. She's... She's dreadful. She's just a dreadful character. But she couldn't even come up with her own word. I'm surprised she didn't use the C word.
2: I thought uh, I thought you when she said when you were reading that quote, I thought she was going to. No.
1: and, now, and the other thing I, I don't and this is one of the reasons why I have so much trouble with social media. This this should not be a news story. What 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 is to be gained? What is the world gaining by having the knowledge that Kathy Griffin unleashed this vile profanity against the First Lady. What, what is to be gained by that? Uh, and, and without Twitter, we wouldn't know this. What is to be gained by virtually every news site in the world rushing into print with this?
2: Nothing. 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 And she's becoming more irrelevant as she seems to be grasping for these straws. Ed, go ahead, please. <laughs>
3: Hi. I watched a little bit of the golf tournament, and I, I tried to come up with an analogy for what the golf association did to that course to make it that difficult.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And what I, what I came up with was, uh, with the NBA announced that they were that for the championship game, they were going to install a couple of high-speed industrial fans above the backboard, mm-hmm. so that would turn off and on intermediately throughout the game. But everybody understood they were there. But just every once in a great while, the wind would catch the ball on a perfectly good three-point shot, blowed into at the stands. <laughs> yeah, I think you're on the right track. Uh, that's what, it was just, it, what it took, for me, it took the fun out of watching it because there were some perfectly good shots that ended up, the, the guys ended up looking like weekend duffers out yeah. there. And that's what the USGA loves. They, well, they, they made want me feel them better. to be
2: humiliated. It made me feel better.
3: <laughs> I, I read a pretty good article online, uh, it was an ESPN writer that uh, was chastising Mickelson for looking like a, someone who was at a a mini golf right uh, venue. Well, th- that's the way it is, and, and especially that's I didn't see the putt you described—the one where he went up the bank. Yeah, the very next hole, he went to
1: fourteen, putted it way stuff. beyond the hole, knowing the bank, could bring it back, and you know only he could pull that off.
3: It, it's, I'm assuming the goal of the the association is to is to make. Even par a winning score.
1: Yep, that's a very good point.
3: So they don't take into consideration how much golf or golfing skills have improved over the years. Right. All right. So thank you. They have you. to make it impossible to All play. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, they won't achieve that.
1: All right. Thank you. I got to take a break as I look at the clock here because you didn't remind me.
3: Better take a break.
1: guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a PhD, Joe Suchere. Uh There's new additions now to the Author's Corner site on our website, the GEO website. I'm going to pull it up right now. And I'm really struggling uh, with just the technical means of me introducing new books to the site. So I still have to have help, like Reavers and you were helping me. Uh, For example, I'm on a Russia kick because Russia's in the news, and I keep recommending these books that would help everyone learn who we're dealing with here. So right now there's five books up. Uh, Red Notice by Bill Browder, which is nonfiction. Uh, A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Towles, which is the best book I've ever read, not to mention the, the education you'll get throughout the 20th century on Russia is extraordinary. And now my three favorite, one of my all-time favorites in the world of fiction are these Tom Rob Smith books, starting with Child 44, then The Secret Speech, and then Agent 6. And again, it's, the, the, the knowledge you'll get about Russia is extraordinary. But here's here's the, what I mean about I'm, I'm technically struggling. Uh, when we type those three books in, Mm-hmm. Child 44, Secret Speech, and Agent 6, I assumed they would show up on the on the site in that order. Uh, so they didn't, but I know how to... They didn't now. It looks like you'd start with Agent 6, then go to the Secret Speech, and then Child 44, when it's completely the opposite. You start with Child 44, then you go to the Secret Speech, then you go to Agent 6. But all that means is the next time I do that, I have to, if I'm going to ever promote, say, a series of three books... I'll start with the last one first. Right. Get it. Yep. Because then that way I know it'll show up on the site.
2: Right. On the bottom. Correct. Because the 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 most recent it's like email, the most recent post gets the top billing. Mm -hmm. It's the last shot. But we can solve that. You figured out a way you got a you you found a loophole. Yeah. You figured out a way to beat the system. You're a savant. Yeah. A, Not really. We we watched. Yeah, you know. I'm this. a long way. I'm a long way from being well, able to. But look
4: at post things by myself. We just started doing this last week. Yeah, and driving. you're already
1: you you did one all on your own. Today. Well, it was like you know, Dad, let me drive the car around the driveway. I mean, Pretty much. Hey, yeah, got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah,
2: you type like Rain Man too.
1: I'm a. That's another problem. Why
2: I, for so many years? have have never Patrick is the same way. Yeah. Never
1: learned to type properly. Never ever. Right. And it dates back to high school, taking a typing class. Yeah. On the old big typewriters. <laughs> and
2: the manuals. These weren't electric. They oh, were... God,
1: no. Manual. And I remember I took a dime one time and I unscrewed the screw that held the carriage on oh, so that when right. you hit return, she flew right across the room like a bomb. <clears throat> and uh, you paid for that one. In I, I paid for that yeah. one. Oh, nice. Uh I don't think I was allowed to continue the typing course.
2: Gotcha. No. You, uh, well, there you, felt go. you, you you were beyond help. It was like
1: Mickelson taking two swipes at the ball. I wanted out of there. I just, <laughs> I it out of there. So here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to loosen this carriage and watch this. I hit return. Boom. There she went.
2: Oh. I, can
1: still, I can still see the teacher's face too. Mm.
2: Voici le port. There's the door.
1: Representative Ilhar, Ilhan Omar. Uh, won the DFL endorsement to uh, for the seat held by Keith Ellison.
2: They can have her. We don't know anything about her. All these people are just voting for her. They're not, uh, you know. What is she what like? What I
1: tell you when she first became prominent in the news that she would be some type of media darling. Yep, and that she's going places. Yep. Uh,
2: based on what? And I don't know why. Based uh, on what? Uh, well, are that she's she the not. first
1: Somali uh, who, uh, American woman in a in a state legislature.
2: I hate what I hate. Is she the best out no, there or the best Somali? That's what I really I don't bothers me. I have me.
1: no idea. Uh, it, won't, it will not surprise me in the least if she wins that seat. I and go right to Washington, having, what,
4: one year under her belt uh, in the state uh, legislature here. She's already had multiple national television appearances.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I just, from day one, I th- said to myself, this gal is going places. I, I, I hope she goes to great places.
2: Be the uh, wrong places, but I don't.
1: Done. I don't suspect her. What, what I suspect her of is what I suspect of a lot of uh, the political class—that they intend to be important rather than useful.
2: Right. This is, I think, a perfect example. Well, in in in, not,
1: in, in fairness to her, I don't think that's hmm. been entirely demonstrated thoroughly yet. But she, uh, she just has an incredible knack uh, for attention. Uh, What She was just on a video by Is it Maroon 5? Mm-hmm. And she got a, she's got she got a cameo in a new uh, Video for a new Maroon 5 record
4: You know she's just She's just got this uncanny Ability to be out front Well the reason that she was in the Maroon 5 Video it, it, is it was basically a, a kind of a women Empowerment style of song mm-hmm. Slash video so there she did have a There was a reason for her to have a presence in that Music video
1: yeah, I, I think she's. I think she embraces the political class as a means uh, to uh, celebrate her own and other womanhood. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm just a guy who wants the streetlights to work and right potholes you to want be fixed
2: to, to things to be uh, done that should be done. Not all this euphorian. Well,
1: well, you know. Godspeed to her. Good luck. But I, I mark my words. She's going places. Is John Height ready?
2: Yeah, let's uh, let's get. Let's, let's Does that get, depress you? Going
0: places. We- Commencing garage logic segment number three.
1: John, as is our custom. Yes. Tom, go ahead, please. Hey, Joe. Hi.
0: So, regarding the young lady that you were speaking of a few minutes ago, Ilhan uh, Omar. Yes. So. Yesterday, morning my wife, and I were having breakfast in Hudson at a place that had a couple of TVs going. One of them had a, a TPT show, kind of a panel of pundits, and this young lady was featured as a guest. Mm-hmm. And my wife can vouch that I keep, ha- kept having to avert my eyes, otherwise my breakfast was being ruined. A mm-hmm. um, couple of points. She kept bringing up investment, and I would remind her and people like her that government does not invest government spends. Mm -hmm. But here's the other stat that unfortunately I only caught it in passing, but the moderator of the panel said something like, I believe this is a seat, he said, that hasn't been held by a Republican since 63 or something. That's ringing a bell. Yeah, and yet the entire program was about how government has failed this particular community. Mm -hmm. And I looked at my wife and said, (laughs) well, who's Who's been in charge for right. 50 years? Right, right. That's the question that never gets asked by the right people, oh. I'm afraid. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Joe. John Hight.
5: Thank you, Joe. You saw your heroes Friday night. Uh, I did. Well, actually, yeah. it's down to one That's hero. It's right. one hero, although their That's guitar right. player is also a... Uh, one of my favorites, yeah. so, The guy they've been using for the last twenty years. So who's that? John Harrington is his name. All right. Go to guitar players, you'll find
1: it. So you saw what's left of Steely Dan.
5: Well, Donald Fagan really is all that's left. Right. I mean, all the rest of the guys are guys they've used for twenty years. But, but is, they, they that was that
1: was here, true so. when Becker was alive. Oh uh, yes. Just the two of them always using studio guys. Right. Uh,
5: uh, yes. Well, okay. but but this band has basically been the same for twenty years. All, right. all the members. All right. Uh, pretty close. One or two members were placed now and then. All right. So you saw Steely Dan. And the Doobie Brothers. And the Doobies. How were the Doobies? Doobies were very good. Very good. But I loved their stuff growing up, too. And uh, they had Tom Johnston and Pat Simmons, the two original singers and guitar players. Uh, Tom Johnston, who I looked up, I think he's 70. is fabulous. His voice is still great. The guy that sings Long Train Running. Yep. Uh China Grove. yeah. Sounds mm-hmm. great. The, whole, the harmonies were wonderful. The guitar playing was great. Uh, it was very good. I, I had a blast. Yeah, and it.
2: Rerun was nowhere to be seen no, rerun. recording no. it illegally for what's no, happening. No
5: okay. Rerun. Uh, for what it's worth, Joe, I don't know, when you were talking about Steely Dan, I know you don't want to turn this into a music segment, but a lot of people are under the impression that they didn't tour in the 70s. No, they did. They toured for about three years before they quit touring. Yeah. That original band, the original five, six members, yeah. uh, toured heavily for the first few years, and then Fagin said, I I hate this. I don't why want didn't to do he, Yeah. Why didn't they tour? Uh, they quit after... Well, they did for three oh, years. Yeah, but after, why they did they... They quit because Fagan didn't like to be on stage, and because their music started to become sophisticated enough that uh, you couldn't reproduce it until okay. until about 2000. <laughs> then, uh, you know... You
2: so quit. you just go back jack and just do it again in the studio here's john height in the newsroom
5: thanks Uh, thanks for putting that up up in a bow there rick cloudy (laughs) at 71 degrees some light rain around the twin cities twins off today they're back home tomorrow to kick off a six-game homestand that starts with three against the boston red sox twins are 31 and 37 third place in the american league central five games behind cleveland and two and a half games behind the second place detroit tigers an official PGA Tour stop will occur next year at the TPC Twin Cities Golf Course in Blaine. That was announced this morning, hosted by a 3M Open Fund. The seven-year deal will bring top golfers to the course beginning summer of next year. According to officials, the event will mark the first official PGA Tour stop in Minnesota since the 2009 PGA Championship, which took place at Hazeltine National Golf Club in Chaska. The tour dates for the 3M Open are expected to be public in
4: the coming weeks forgive me because i was not present for the opening segment mr mayor mm-hmm. did you address phil mickelson's behavior yes, yesterday we did. yeah we did. wow yeah what an embarrassment
1: well it was saturday not yesterday i'm sorry you're right saturday yep. saturday well he went nuts
4: but but he th- that type of behavior i don't want to single him out but that that's the type of behavior i think that turns a lot of people away from the sport don't you no, I uh, really—it's
1: it, such a button-down sport that I—I I, I think he I, provided a moment of I, hilarity. See, I
5: thought the opposite really? too. Yes.
3: Okay.
5: <laughs> uh, the Vikings are honoring one of their most successful coaches in franchise history, Dennis Green, who passed away in <laughs> passed away in 2016. Will be the lone member inducted into the Vikings Ring of Honor class of 2018. Green's induction will be September 23rd during halftime at U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> Thank you, Coach.
0: <laughs> well, I think that uh, we had a
1: defense with a lot of familiarity with us, and we thought that our familiarity their defense would be better today. It was not. Uh, they they knew more about us today with their defense and our offense, and our offense knew about them.
0: Huh?
2: What? Wow. The, 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 the most important thing I learned, lesson I learned from Danny was this.
1: Some guys heal very fast. Um, some guys take a little bit longer. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: well put, coach.
2: Yes. I mean, you know, some of them right boom <laughs> well, and some a little bit longer. I, mean, I don't think that you can get caught
1: up in what you do and what you don't do because you might not get to do that.
4: That's a great point. That's a point. You know.
1: I'm not the type of guy you come on my show and dictate to me, okay?
2: Boy, that was it. You know, during sports talk, we might have to replay that whole call. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just from, from Denny.
4: You know, Will they have the, the was it the Sunshine Band? Who did he play in the drums for? Uh, I think yeah, I was think it you're the right. sunshine, I think band? sunshine Band? They have the to thing. be part of the ceremony, don't they?
5: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Were they local? Well, was that Jenny a local deal? Jenny played
2: the Tubbs, that's right. Yeah.
5: yeah, he was a drummer. News notes from today, the Minnesota State Patrol reports Father's Day weekend proved the deadliest on Minnesota roads since 2016, a total of 11 people killed wow. in eight fatal crashes from Friday to Sunday, the most in one weekend since October of 2016. Prior to this past weekend, the most fatalities reported on any one weekend this year was six on May 25th through the 27th. The release said alcohol and drugs are considered a factor in two of the crashes. Four of the crashes were believed to be speed-related. Five of the people killed were riding motorcycles. Seven of the 11 deaths occurred within the seven-county Twin Cities metro area. In all, the release says preliminary numbers show 146 people have died on Minnesota Road so far this year. That is up from 137 this time. In 2017. Do they relate weather to any of it? Because sometimes the driving they, conditions on Saturday were brutal. They did not. Nope. Mm. As Democrats and Republicans, a former first lady and even his wife comment against a border policy that separates kids and their parents, the president did speak about it today. Briefly referring to the administration's child separation policy, the president said we're stuck with these horrible laws. That's uh, what's happening is so sad and it can be taken care of quickly, beautifully and we'll have safety. He added no country in the world has such sad, bad and in many cases, horrible and tough immigration laws. Former First Lady Laura Bush spoke out Sunday night about the separation of families on the U.S. border, writing a harsh criticism of the current zero-tolerance immigration policy. Bush, whose opinion piece ran in the Washington Post, decried the separation of children from parents entering the U.S., calling it cruel and immoral. The current First Lady, Melania Trump, in a rare statement on the policy issue, weighed in through her spokesperson, Uh, Communications Director Stephanie Grisham said Mrs. Trump hates to see children separated from their families, hopes both sides of the aisle can finally come together to achieve successful immigration reform. She believes we need to be a country that follows all laws, but also a country that governs with heart. Those comments from the president came during an announcement this morning that he's directing the Pentagon to create the Space Force as an independent service branch. President said we are going to have the Space Force, which he deems a separate but equal branch of the military, he says the U.S. will be the leader by far in space and looks to revive the nation's flagging space program. president framed space as a national security issue, saying he does not want China and Russia and other countries leading us there. He also vowed to return the U.S. to the moon and to reach Mars. He was joined by Vice President Mike Pence, NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine, former astronaut Buzz Aldrin, and members of the Space Council. Two armed citizens credited for taking action yesterday when a carjacking suspect went on a rampage in Washington state. At least one of the citizens fired the shot that killed the unidentified suspect who was in a Walmart parking lot in Tumwater trying to commandeer vehicles. Injured in the suspect's violent spree were the driver of one of the cars he attempted to hijack and a 16 year old girl at another location who suffered unspecified injuries. The injured driver was airlifted to a hospital and was in critical condition. Police said it all started when officers responded to a report of an erratic driver in Tumwater. While police were en route, a carjacking was reportedly taking place at a nearby intersection. Police followed the stolen vehicle to the parking lot of a Walmart Superstore center where the carjacking suspect exited the vehicle, tried to carjack a second vehicle. That's when two armed citizens confronted the suspect. At least one of them fired, killing the criminal.
1: Is uh Dave Dahl going to join us? On a Monday.
3: You cannot stop
2: him. He'll just make a move. Joe Sujere. David Wallace Dahl's forecast here in Garage Logic on a Monday afternoon, brought to you by the nice folks at Lonely's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores proud, very proud sponsors of the Beer Show. Yeah! Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe.
4: We're up to 71 degrees, even with the clouds out there and the light showers rolling through the Twin Cities. They're going to break off a little bit here, but uh, still an occasional scattered shower through this evening. And then it kind of stays dry through the midnight hour. But then by early morning, some thunderstorms could start to develop again, sliding from the west, southwest. 62 for the overnight low. Tomorrow, some thunderstorms early, then partly sunny late, 78 for the high. And the outlook for Wednesday calls for warmer temps, lower 80s Wednesday all the way through the weekend. Some isolated thunders again possible on Friday, but it does look like the weekend's going to be fairly dry with low 80s for highs and 60s, mid-60s for overnight lows. Again, today, Joe, we'll probably eke up to about 73 or 74. Right now we're at 71. Thank you.
1: Officials at Brigham and Women's Hospital, a Harvard Medical School teaching hospital, Mm Mm-hmm. We'll remove all 31 portraits of famous doctors that adorn the walls of the Louis Bornstein Family Amphitheater. Why is this? Well, all 31 portraits are of white men, and one is an Asian man. Does he get to stay? Can't have that, see. Uh, All 31 portraits, some of which have hung in the amphitheater for decades, will be removed and rehung in scattered spots around the hospital, according to the Boston Globe. See, then you can just kind of hide them. See?
2: Right, you don't have to, yeah. he's in the broom closet, uh, the other guy's in the... Uh,
1: the hospital's room. president, Dr. Betsy Nables, said she had considered ending the tradition of hanging pictures of retired chairs in the auditorium for several years, especially as more women and minorities train as doctors at the hospital. Of 1,631 residents and fellows training at the Brigham, 45% are women and 9% are black or Hispanic. Asians make up 28% of trainees, and they are not considered an underrepresented minority in medicine. Hmm. All right. I have watched the faces of individuals as they have come into Bornstein, Nabel told the Boston Globe. I have watched them look at the walls. I read on their faces. Interesting, but I am not represented here.
2: No, you don't. Why,
1: why should no, you, you be? You weren't a famous doctor. But she doesn't read that. That got me thinking that maybe it's time we think about respecting our past in a different way. The portraits By are among, ignoring the, it. huh? Yeah, By well, ignoring no, it. we're just spread it out. Right. What happened to Dr. Johnson? Well, he's he's down the hall near the women's room. <laughs> the portraits are among the first impressions for interns and residents at Brigham and Women's. The paper said, adding that residents had been talking with each other for several years about moving the portraits. Titaleo, lobby. A Nigerian-American and first-year medical student told the Boston Globe she definitely noticed the portraits last August, but wasn't surprised. They mirror the other images around the school and other universities, FO Lobby told the paper. I almost expected to see that. But she added to the Globe, it's easy to remove people from the wall. It's more difficult putting people of color in power. Well, you, you cure cancer, honey. They'll put your picture up. But don't give me this BS that you deserve to have your picture on the wall merely because of the color of your skin. Right. This is, this is ridiculous. It's getting out of hand. This is just amazing. Dr. Jerome Allison, a professor at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, told the Boston Globe that when such portraits are hung so close together in one room, it reinforces that white men are in charge. Instead, <laughs> Allison told the Globe that historical portraits should be hung within a broader context that includes modern contributions from more diverse leaders.
2: Okay, uh,
1: it's vitally important to know that the lack of diversity seen in art at HMS reflects the school's past, not its present. Not its present. Gina Vild, uh, the spokesman, told the Boston Globe. Uh, so I guess if you were a big shot doctor who happened to be white, uh, shame on you! Yeah, that's for you're, succeeding. You, you had no business being on that shame wall. On shame on you! Shame on you for being a good doctor and <laughs> chair of your department and all that. They, they, you, we can't have that
2: up there. You, you kidding me? she says, as people, as the women looked at these pictures, they said, "I read their face. I'm not represented here." Mm-hmm. Well, if you made it that far, you're probably a pretty darn good doctor. And now there's going to be all sorts of great female, there has been great female doctors.
1: It's okay with me, Dr. Michael Zinner, surgery chief from 1994 to 2016, no, told don't the paper. Give it up, bud. Zinner's portrait, which took about a year to paint, was hung in the amphitheater just last month. Dr. Michael Gimbrone, a pathology chair from 2001 to 2012, told The Globe that the hospital should be welcoming to those of all races and genders, and quoted Bob Dylan, the times they
2: are a-changing but isn't it already, isn't it already well, why why can't okay the Asians 29% representation and now they're they're not considered a how how was that stat read Dr. Harvey Cushing who invented many
1: brain surgery techniques and worked as the Brigham's chief surgeon from 1912 to 1932 was among the first doctors to get a portrait Portraits of two other doctors from the early 20th century, Dr. Henry Christian and Dr. William Councilman, will be displayed along with Cushing's in the entrance to the new Hale Building for Transformative Medicine. Okay, you can't, you can't change the fact, I guess what you can do is take down the portraits of the doctors who happen to be white or spread them around so nobody sees them. And then cross your fingers that you can start hanging portraits of of black female doctors. But I would hope they would have to achieve something first. The guy who, you know, you got a guy there that invented techniques to operate on brains. Okay. He gets his picture on the wall. Well, then... That's what you're going to have to do to get your picture on the wall. I don't think you should get your picture on the wall merely because you're Hispanic or, or black or blue or red you or you're green. green. Privilege, huh? how, about, how about you uh, come up with something novel in the field of medicine, as these 31 fellows apparently did. But see, they're trying to scrub the past of the fact that there weren't enough women doctors, there weren't enough black doctors, there weren't enough Asian and Hispanic doctors because of evil white patriarchy. And we must erase that from the halls of our hospital. Never mind the hundreds of thousands of people that were saved and treated there by these people.
2: Right. I, uh, new innovations and what have you. and
1: I got a couple of stories you're not going to believe coming up from the... From you the, can't
2: always say that because I sometimes I, I believe it. Uh,
1: The national activist group White Coats for Black Lives recently published a racial justice report card that criticized the top 10 medical schools, including Harvard's, for policies it says promote racial bias. Among the policies the group flagged are the dearth of plaques, statues, portraits, and building names on campuses that acknowledge contributions from physicians of color and the presence of artwork that celebrates people with racist pasts. Medical school dean George Q. Daly has appointed a committee... To recommend changes to artwork on campus, uh though a spokeswoman would not say when the group's work will be completed. Well you know what uh you know what they they said? What? We must do something about this. Harumph, harumph, this is harumph, a harump situation. Harumph. They have to do something about this. So they'll move all the portraits around so it doesn't look like a concentration of, of the evil white guys.
2: Which, which with its history, <clears throat> that is the fact part. If they get some uh, uh, minority that does unbelievable things, they'll probably get their own building named after them. How about Just a statue? Give it some time. Yeah, give it some time.
1: Well, that's the point. Yeah, uh, it, it, we want it now, don't we? It should, you know, it's you know, There's many arguments to be made that uh, the the calling was not welcoming to people of color and women. A uh, hundred years ago, that's been that's changed. That's been yes. fixed. Yep. But that that doesn't mean you have to demean the thirty one guys who earned their portrait. Right. I doubt if they were campaigning for racial injustice. Right.
2: It's the end of the world as we know it, feels fine. Joe
1: fact based. My friend uh, John Clemency emails. Your news keeps saying that there has not been a PGA Tour stop since the PGA Championship was played at Hazeltine. That is not a fact. The PGA Championship is a major run by the PGA of America, a collection of the nation's 7,000 golf courses and club pros. The Tour is run by the PGA Tour, a total separate organization. The PGA Championship is no more of a tour stop than the Masters, U.S. Open, etc. The last tour stop in the Twin Cities was the St. Paul Open, played at Keller from the early 30s to the mid-1960s. <laughs> well, there's a correction. He's, he's got absolutely it. Got correct. It. Yep. Here we go. 15. It's going somewhere.
2: It's all settled now. So we got it now. 1,500 ESPN. I didn't know all that uh, inside information is that we had.
1: KSTP. St. Paul, Minneapolis. Well, why are you scoffing? That's he's That's right. fact. I, That's I'm, a I'm fact glad he based. looked it up. I'm going to give this to the John Height Newsroom. Seventy-one hundred ESPN Cowboy. is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis.